Hey everyone, this is episode 29 of Neural Time. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, here with me is one of the crazy ones here in Austin that also supports the Houston Dash. <laughs> and, and Eric wants to move in the mic. <laughs> oh, see. Eric, say what's, hello. What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? You know how I am. Y'all know how I am. So tonight's a Dash night. Tonight's a Dash night. We love our friggin' Dash. So tonight, Dash... TF on. TF Absolutely. <laughs> Let's go. And no, yeah, essentially, this episode in particular is very special. Just coming out of last year, obviously, the best season in Dash history, and a lot of expectations that haven't really been said, like, like periodically. Like just just looking back at the Dash and. And yeah, like it's it's incredible just to see how the team has has changed like over time, and obviously what, what happened over the the off season with uh, Juan Carlos Amoros leaving and the changes in the staff, and obviously the players are coming in and the players heading out. Like this is um a dash that has been changing in in, in, a, in a positive way, and and not only just because of that, but obviously what happened a little bit before last season when. The pro- appropriate staff changes were made, and obviously uh, the focus has been placed on the dash to essentially not just be an extension of the Dynamo, or rather just be like a pet project, but rather an actual soccer team that can be run independently, which is pretty good. And and yeah, this episode we're gonna definitely gonna be talking about what happened in the offseason for the dash, and and yeah, just and just all the, all the changes that have been made, and I'm looking forward to that. Dude, the dash, the dash, the dash. They've done everything. Ted Siegel came in, and he's on both sides of the world, the Dynamo and the dash. He's like, I'm coming in. I bought both teams, and he's he's making changes left and right. Leadership, we've seen it from top to bottom, top to bottom, which we'll talk about tonight, obviously. And just what we did last season, we uh, obviously from the – the first coach, we won't we won't say his name. Don't worry about it. He did his thing, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Sarah Sarah Loudon coming in and just doing her freaking thing. That was that was super for her. And then Juan Carlos, he came in and just got us to the playoffs and continued what Sarah Loudon was doing and just got the team together, performed. Unlucky that we 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 lost in that first playoff game. Granted, it was a sellout. It was a freaking sellout. History yep. was made. History made the playoffs. History sellout. Twenty two thousand people for the dash. That's remarkable, man. That's remarkable. Credit to y'all who went to the game, and credit to y'all who enjoy watched the game. We love y'all. The dash, man. Yep. We need to show the dash more love. The Dynamo and the Dash are together, and they're equal. And this is what we're going to do this year, together. One, yeah, absolutely. Team. One team, man. So that was that was fun, man. That was fun, and we're going to do it again this year, right? No, yeah, and and you brought up an ex- an excellent point. Just essentially all the credit to Sada Lodon, like just for carrying that burden extremely early in the season, and obviously with the the coaching changes like being made that early without a specific plan and just carrying that that team up until Juan Carlos Amoros took over for that half a season and essentially just taking the team to playoffs for the first time ever and 
I know, yeah, and she's been sticking around. She's sticking around this this season as well. Uh, under Sam Lady, which we're we're gonna talk about as well in the episode. And yeah, you just credit to her overall. Like she she's a fantastic coach. As you probably heard her in the in, in some of the interviews that she's made. And and yeah, just an absolutely fantastic person, really. Bro, Sarah Loudon, one hundred percent fan favorite. Do your thing. She has a dog named, or sorry, not a dog, a cat named Dash. She named her cat <laughs> named Dash after, in, in twenty fifteen. When twenty fifteen was here, not not recently. So her cat's getting a little age, but she has a cat named Dash. So she, uh, Sarah Loudon loves Houston, and she appreciates Houston, and uh, we appreciate her, and we love her, and. Uh, whatever we can do is for Sal Loudon. She's, and she won't be here long. She's going to find her a new job. But like you said, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, for sure. And and yeah, without further ado, let's get into the episode because that's all to talk about. And, and, and of course, with the offseason recap, we'll definitely start with the news and then get to the players and then set our expectations for the upcoming season. And I know, yeah, obviously this dash off season if you compare it to the Dynamo, has been quite different in the sense that they didn't need to change much. And and we've already seen it this past season when they went to playoffs. And the regular season has been quite fantastic, uh, just being like the best uh, visiting team in the entire league and just racking up those points and those clean sheets, uh, except from home, which has been like an issue, which we'll definitely get get into when we're, uh, when we're talking the episode. Um, and yeah, but, but other than that, I now see the disappointing exit uh, with, uh, in the first playoff game at home with a sellout that you mentioned. I was there as well. It was just fantastic overall. But unfortunately, we lost that game. And they just missed it to be made, especially when it comes to death. And I will say when it comes to changing the face of the dash, uh, not only because of some players that, that maybe did not cut the part, but also the chance in the head coach, which we'll get into as well. It starts from the top. It starts from the top. Who's the president? Yeah, uh, Jessica O'Neill, obviously, she was in charge of essentially the Dash, the president of the Dash. and Originally, when, right? Originally, no, yeah. And during the offseason, she was promoted to chief operating officer of the club as a whole. So not just the Dash, but... Little Dynamo and the Dash. So she's essentially taking over um, John, John Walker's spot as the president of the club. And she's going to be overseeing all the uh, financials or just like the operating side of, of both both teams or rather the club itself. So she's pretty much, she pretty much got promoted. That's a statement of dedication that she has put forth for like the past couple of years. She's been with the, the team now uh, coming back. Well, just coming off the Charlotte FC or whatever sports also involved with the Carolina Panthers and just just like a huge sports background in general and obviously just one of those people that we needed in the in the in the club uh, and and obviously just being like a like a like a woman figure in the sports industry is definitely big for us because we've never had a a position of a, a rather a leadership position of a woman uh, being up top and that's just pretty good to see Dude, I, I I love it. Just Jessica O'Neill, she knows what she's doing. She she obviously has a history with the Carolina Panthers and Charlotte FC, even though it's short with Charlotte FC. 
I, I, I love this hire, and she's she's done a great job. She's done a great job, bro. Like, like I mean, I can't say enough about that. So Jessica O'Neill, right there, he's just girl. We love you. Keep doing what you're doing, and take us to the next level. No, oh, yeah, and it goes back to what you mentioned about Ted Segal coming in and changing things. You know, obviously his priority, and we've already seen it from like day day zero or day one that he pretty much split out the roles uh, when it comes to Diamond Dash. And like, even though like the 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 thing is that we uh, they're working on unifying the club while separating the roles, like seems kind of a little bit um, kind of productive. It still is somewhat efficient because you need like personnel looking over like specific parts of the Dynamo and the Dash because obviously like it's pretty difficult to do to run two teams at the same time. But obviously, just being chief operating officer of the club itself, that's that's pretty much a leadership position. And obviously, you're gonna be in charge of a lot of people uh, when it comes to both clubs, or or rather Dynamo and the Dash coming together. And and yeah, like this is some um like I said. Part of the move that that Ted Siegel has has been promoting since he got here, essentially putting the dash on the map and having women on leadership roles when it comes and that understand the NWSL as a whole. Yeah, take note. Ted Siegel is not kidding. When he bought the team, bought the teams, the dash and the dynamo, he's not kidding. He's not messing around. It's an investment and you only make an investments if you're willing to to make money off those investments. And he's he, he's putting back into the club and he's making money off the club. And and we've been in desire for like the what the past nine, ten years and thank thank God for Daddy Ted. Daddy Ted bro. And hiring Jessica O'Neill to do that job is a one hundred percent agreeable. We all we all love that, and and just every every other move that he's made so far, you can't disagree with that. So Ted Siegel has done his job, and he he's 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 a smart man. He's a smart man. He brings yeah. statures right here. He may be this tall. He brings statures this tall. Oh yeah, and. Just to go a little bit of a tangent, since I mentioned like splitting roles, obviously bringing Alex Singer as the GM for the Dash was massive and part of the improvement for the Dash and something that I did, didn't mention when I was introducing the episode. And obviously a lot of credit for her, to her because she has been essentially one of the missing pieces for the Dash for a very long time and essentially a dedicated position that had to be there in the first place when the Dash started playing. And I know it was massive, yeah, Alex Singer. They just came in and pretty much put this team on the on the map on the on the first full year uh, in charge, and we've already seen it. And there's a lot that we have to still see as well. And obviously, with the new head coach, which we'll, we'll get into. Alex Singer's been given. I mean, they gave her the realms. They told her, "Go get this. Go get that. Do what you need to do." We, I mean, obviously, we don't know the backstory to what they're doing behind the scenes, but. Just to look at the signings and just what they've done, what she has done, it's just, <laughs> man, I'm excited for the Houston Dash, bro. I'm excited for the Houston Dash. Right there. Yeah. Right there. Right there. If you're watching on YouTube, you see the flag. Houston Dash, yeah. bro. I'm excited. Man. I'm excited. No, Houston if, Dash if you... are about to win a freaking title and become a, 
a dynasty. Mark yeah. my word. <laughs> as you as you can probably tell, Eric is excited. <laughs> but but yeah, no, but I don't blame him honestly. Like, there's so much to look forward to for that season, and and yeah, and I, I want to get into that. After yeah, what up? we did, after what we did last year, and that we're, we're improving the team, the way we're improving the roster, we didn't really get rid of much, but we brought in a lot more. They're 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 serious. They're serious about yep. it. Just just like on the Dynamo side of it as well, the 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 overhaul. So it it kind of feels like both sides. So they're they're serious. Ted Siegel says, "I want y'all to be serious and." That's what's up. We need to bring Houston back into the map because it deserves it. Yeah, it deserves it. So, sorry. Yeah, and the the players and the staff do for sure. And and of course, when I also mentioned like the designated specific roles, it also comes down to when before the dash essentially had the head coach as as a general manager, which is usually not a good idea because. It's you kind of need like a couple people to essentially have a plan set up in case the head coach doesn't doesn't work or if you go for a different strategy, and and like I said, something that had to be done the first day the, the club started playing, and and thankfully that's the case here, and I know yeah of course we got the the changes of head coach early in the off season when it came to Juan Carlos Samuelos leaving the team after. A pretty successful season, obviously making the place for the first time ever. Uh, the best finish of the regular season in club history, and it at first it was shocking to see because we didn't hear of any news as to um, him having like personal preferences or him not being wanting to be with the Houston Dash anymore or just the city itself. And and yeah, it it eventually just came out to like a a personal. A personal terms or rather just like his prefer- personal preferences and and yeah Juan Carlos Amoros left he ended up joining uh, got, um, New Jersey New York Gotham FC obviously Gotham and which is a little bit funny because that's also where Christy Mewis went after she left Houston just last year and and yeah I don't know what you want to say about that uh, all I can say is like he, I mean Whatever the situation was, I think he didn't wait long enough. And he wanted to – he took a team that where he's going to build what he wants to build. And that's – that. I think that's what it takes is to more – he wants to build what he wants to build. And uh, it's, it's hard to say he didn't believe in what the Dash were going to do. So he just went with Gotham. And maybe that's more like – I don't know, like he lived there or wanted to be there or something, another, whatever. So in the end, we, we appreciated what he did for us and uh, letting him go. It wasn't too hard until we let Sam Lady come in. And then we forgot about Juan Carlos immediately. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> and I feel like it's, it's a combination of the project with the dash or just him like wanting to go a different direction and or that and or the location essentially like him preferring just living in New York City just because he wants to or yeah or just 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 um normal normal personal preference which is perfectly fine and it's closer to Spain 
no yeah and and also back home if if he wants to reconnect easier that way then it's up to him but i'm, I'm a little bit, i'm just glad that essentially the dash conceded his wishes or just like respected what he wanted to do and let him go which is yeah. good to see and okay. and that, that was from the um, alex singer's last interview with glenn davis at soccer matters which uh, she she mentioned a lot about the work in the offseason and what has been done which which I'd recommend tuning in if you haven't already. I think it's from the last the Soccer Matters episode from last week, but you just take a listen if you, if you can. Agree. Oh, yeah. Agree. Yeah, and obviously when Juan Carlos Amoros left, it's it was a little bit questionable as to what the Dash would do next, and they will eventually bring in Sam Lady as the new full-time head coach for the Houston Dash. And just coming out, out of uh, all rain, um, he is a coach that, uh, from what I've gathered, he's very well respected across the league, and obviously in the club itself that he has been working for a while now, and and yeah, just gets along with the players very well, and I'm I'm just looking forward to see how how he steps up uh, from um, Juan Carlos Amor's performance as a head coach last year, because uh, a theme essentially the theme for the dash next year is going to be consistency or just like stepping up to the challenge, and. And I feel like I'm going to say that a lot in this episode because when we go through the players and the expectations, that's going to be the, the pattern that you're going to notice. Dude, same lady. Ten years with OLL Reign. Ten years. Ten years. I mean, that, that's great. And, like, you show loyalty right there. And he has two coaches that he was under, Laura, Laura Harvey and Blata Anda Vosky, I don't don't make me say her name again, but U.S. Women's Team uh, coach, and then and then Laura Harvey, we should already know, right? Was just a, a, a just a top tier coach, so he's learned under a couple of the best. So, like Alex Singer, a quote: "Ladies stood out as the ideal candidate. He is a players' coach, and we respect." And with Harvey, he's a player's coach with respect from the players, the staff, and the league. He just he just stands out. And he made sense. And and Sam Lady, he's what forty five, I think he is now. But he just he uh the the league respects him, and he knows what he's doing, and the players respect him, and he's just I think that was just a great hire. So. Like I said, as soon as we hired him, I forgot about Juan Carlos immediately because this just once I read about him and learned about San Lady, he was just the perfect coach for us, is what I believe. And that was just a great hire by Alex Singer. Hashtag Alex Singer. Hashtag Alex Singer. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag. Dude, that's just, I mean, I think he's the guy. And and just from like since we've hired him, just from what we've seen on the, the social medias and everything, like the, the people do respect him and he, he is making sense and he sounds he sounds correct on the social medias and the interviews and the just on the just oh man, so the dash are on the right page right now. They're on the right page and they're still going forward and Every move they're making is the correct move right now. The correct move. So look forward to the dash. And I I call y'all out. Y'all that listen to this friggin' episode. I hope y'all listen. Whether it be on YouTube. You see me? You see me? 
or listen, please go to the Dash games. Please. I mean, yep. I know we're doing Dynamo 17 times a year. We got Dash 11 times a year. And some of those games are on Friday with the, the Dynamo on Saturday or the Dynamo on Saturday and the Dash on, on Sunday or we're out of t- or the Dynamo are out of town and the Dash are on Saturday. Go to the games, man. If you live in town, we don't live in Houston, so I'll make my way to it more than you will. But you need to go. That's a, that's a challenge, yeah. <laughs> that if is can a go, challenge. <laughs> if he can come in all the way from Austin, then you guys can definitely go live just live in Houston. <laughs> going, I'm going, bro. I'm going. Oh, all right. Yep. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to fight nobody about it, but <laughs> I'll be there. Y'all need to be there too. It's gonna be. It's worth it. And it's fun. Bring your children. Bring, you know what? Just go. Just go. Hit me up if y'all want to know where to party too. Oh yeah, Free for game. sure. Yeah, there's a lot of pregame spots and and yeah, just just to go off of that, like it's um experience for the whole family and the end obviously also a fast growing league, and it's, it, and with that comes the talent that, that goes on the pitch and and thankfully the end always has to go on the right path when it comes to um. At least attracting the right players and pretty much just so you guys a whole just growing in the sense of just having or just fostering soccer in general not not just the men's but rather the women's side of things and it's good to see really and i've been to like a, a bunch of dash games already and and yeah i just wish i could be in houston just to go to all the dynamo dash games really and and yeah like it's 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 quite an experience i, I know for a fact that the people that are sitting here have likely gone to a dash game or two or way more than me. And, and yeah, if, if you haven't gone or you don't really go, just, just go as, as many as you can support the dash, support the players, support the staff and, and just women's soccer in general, because they need it for sure. For real. I, I, I double that. Go to the dash, please. We beg y'all. Oh yeah. And, and uh, yeah, with that, we can uh, also keep talking about the, the coaching staff. And I know just just like a lot to look forward to. And obviously, we just a little bit, got a little bit off tangent there. But we're just excited for that. And obviously, you can tell we, Eric is. But, but we yeah. are excited, bro. It's the Dash. Oh, yeah. We're talking about the Dash tonight. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and speaking of like uh, coaching changes and obviously excitement, uh, Sarah Lodong is saying, obviously, just signing out an extension with the Dash. Which was pretty massive, and obviously she deserves it. And we we talked a little bit of, about her just now, but obviously we can just like take this opportunity to talk a little bit more about her. But we yeah, obviously coming in as an assistant and and just being a massive piece for the dash last year. She she obviously the way um she deserves it, but I feel like that's underselling it because she has done so much for the dash. As she she came in and. She's um an important piece for the dash, even though she coaches off uh, of the pitch. Obviously, she doesn't play, but she plays a huge role. Dude, no, no kidding. So Sarah Loudon, when you hear her talk, obviously she's from England. She's from Newcastle, and she's proud of Newcastle. Which, granted, I'm proud of Newcastle too. I like I like what Newcastle is doing. I wish they could win more games in the in the men's Premier League, but. You know, she came here in 2015 and worked for the Dash a little bit. She named her cat after she named her cat Dash. And then she she worked on it, she, but she was able to come back. She was able to come back, and now she's just working her 
she's just working her way up the ladder. Uh, you know, I, I, I beg y'all go listen to here. There's a podcast where two just got an interview with her just, uh, this last week, building champions radio. And they, and they, he, sorry, he interviewed her and it was a great interview. And it was a lot about Sarah Loudon, Sarah Loudon from the beginning to what's now. And she's just so intelligent. She's just soccer intelligent. She knows what she's talking about. Uh, she won't be in Houston long. I guarantee that unless Sam Lady fails. She won't be in Houston long. She's going to, someone's going to come pick her out of our pockets and, and give her the job that she needs and she wants. She's, she's building her career and she knows what she's doing. And, uh, Sarah Loudon is a superstar. Just Sarah Loudon, if you're listening, you are a superstar star and i hope you get what you want build your career and you you deserve it and you belong here i hope hopefully you can do something here but if not go on with your story go on with your story but sarah loud building champions radio go listen to that episode please yeah and if she ends up moving on in the future then she definitely deserves that as well and if she manages to stay uh, with a different role or the same role because she wants to, then that's 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 amazing, honestly. But but yeah, like it's I'm just expecting that like at some point she might be taking like a different role as a head coach. But we'll see how that goes. But but yeah, just shout out to her in general. Uh, again, she deserves it. But yeah, Sarah Lowdown coming next year or coming back next year as an assistant. That's pretty big for the team. And Matt Lamson, obviously, just coming last year as the, the keepers coach. He's going to be staying as well. And obviously, he's going to have a um, an important role when it comes to essentially establishing the goalkeeping core, uh, especially last year, because we'll, we'll talk about uh, Jane Campbell and obviously the, the new goalkeepers that have joined the team. But essentially, what I'd like to essentially just put out now that is uh, it's a big season for the goalkeepers, especially the starting role because I feel like Jane Campbell might no longer be a starter. I just coming out of last year, a, a pretty disappointing season for Jane Campbell, uh, just based on her standards because she, she has been a beast for the dash for a very long time, except last year. Bro. I mean, you just made a statement right there. Jane Campbell might not be the starter. I mean, I don't know who's going to come in and start over her to tell you the truth, but I, when I was on Dynalytics, I was one of the ones who gave her I know she didn't hear it, but I was the one I was one of the ones who gave her a lot of crap and just questioned her uh intellect sometimes on the moves she would make. Like when she made reactions, she was on point. But whenever whatever made her think, it wasn't on point. So uh Mount Mount Lapson, Matt Lapson, sorry. Matt Lapson, I'm, I'm hoping you're working on her and you're just making her, because she is a great goalkeeper. I'm, I'm hoping that you can uh, just work on that IQ, soccer IQ. She's got to make better decisions sometimes. She's got to make better decisions. We love her. We appreciate her. But, man, man, let's not go into the playoff game. Oh, yeah, and, I mean, that's not to say that, Jane Campbell has automatically lost a starting spot, but rather I said it in the sense that with the goalkeepers that we brought in by now, yeah. she's going to have competition for the starting spot, which I feel like 
there's a good chance she might be beaten by the start of the season. But I feel like obviously it's it's very likely that she starts in the, in the first game of the season. But she's gonna have to compete for that uh, compared to past seasons when it just came to like uh, her rotating out uh, for like um, just playing um, a bunch of games in the middle of the week or the middle of the month. I feel like this year is going to be different. I just based on previous seasons, I will definitely talk a little bit more about the goalkeeping depth chart that we have now. Yeah, get into it, man. Let's let's hear it. I want to I want to know who you think's gonna uh, break her out of that goal in between the post. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it later when we get to the later. Depth chart. Later, all right, all right, all right. All right. You gotta wait for yeah. it, man. Yeah, you gotta right. wait for it. Y'all, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. Um, y'all should, and yeah, hey, by that, the way, y'all should watch on YouTube. Don't listen to us. Watch on YouTube because we're more active. <laughs> we're yeah, more proactive sure. and we're, we're a little more <laughs> got signals, ASL. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> no, but yeah. And, and as far as we know, this are pretty much just the, or rather the, the coaching staff extensions that we know so far or rather what have been added and i guess the last piece of news uh, before we get to uh, the outgoing and incoming players i'll see uh, and this is uh, news from today actually and yeah and one of the things that i also wanted to bring out when it came to the hiring of coaches and also the staff itself and i guess also before we get to, into the outgoing and incoming players we can definitely talk about the hiring of Jasmine James, which was announced today. And essentially, Jasmine James was hired as the club chief of staff, or rather the the person that's going to be overseeing talent retention and, or rather, just maintaining like a specific work environment in the club in order to meet like business goals. And obviously, that that just comes back to a Tetsi goal and creating those positions of leadership when it came to, or rather, when it comes to just having like a vision to set the club to higher standards and also just having like those positions that that have been pretty much being being currently filled by other clubs across the league and that's just good to see it kind of just puts like the club or rather puts the club in in like a new way and obviously we they keep hiring positions that the club not just the dynamo rather the dash never had before and that, that's good to see. Obviously, he just tells you that they're taking stuff seriously now. One point to yours was, or, or sorry, one point was she also used to work with Jessica O'Neill with the Carolina Panthers, Charlotte FC or whatever. Yep. But your, to your second point, Ted Siegel, Daddy Ted, Daddy Ted. Bro, he's just, you need a position here. You need a position there. You need a position everywhere. He's he's running this business correctly, and I, I'm so appreciated that he's given, he's making levels here and there, and just he's he's trying to improve the club from straight out the bat, straight out the bat. the The other guy we used to have, who I refuse to mention his name or his initials, he's definitely not the goat of the NBA, but <laughs> man. Ted Siegel has came in here. Daddy Ted has came in here, and he's done a lot. He's done a lot, and he's only been here for, what, a year and a half, almost two years now? <sighs> I'm so happy for him. So to add this person to to the staff, he's not kicking. 
he's not kidding. And I appreciate her for what she's going to bring to this staff as well. And like I said, she used to work for Jessica O'Neill, so Jessica O'Neill knows who she is. So obviously she has something to bring to the table. So let's DTFO. Of course. And yeah, and I feel like it's going to be way more news after we put out this episode. And yeah, it just goes to show that about the testament of the club and how everything's going there and their ambition as a whole, their new newfound ambition, I like to say. And that was already proven when Ted Seagull uh, took over. And and yeah, well, I, I'm, we're just excited. We'll keep saying that. But, but yeah, let's, let's get to the players. <laughs> let's get it. Let's get it. We got a lot to talk. We got a lot to talk about. Let's go. Oh, yeah. The the players, obviously, if you're coming in with the perspective of Dynamo, is way different because, like I said early on in the episode, there's not a lot of adjustments that need to be done with this team, but rather it, when it comes to just death or, or just having the right pieces to, to cover you up, especially when you have the World Cup coming in and also just... Uh, just having rotation players available in a busy schedule. And I feel like the Dash are addressing that, especially when it comes to a couple of players that we'll talk about. And you probably know what I'm thinking now, but we'll, we'll get to that later. <laughs> For now, we'll, we'll focus on the outgoing players. <laughs> right, and, right. Well, yeah. we, have, we have enough time on the show later. So <laughs> For sure. He'll sip out later. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that for now, but but yeah. Yeah. We'll go through the out player the outgoing players pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh the outgoing players, uh mostly these are players that ha- haven't really proven that much or rather contributed in their own ways, but to an extent it wasn't it wasn't really enough, or rather their their deals expired or just went somewhere else. And when it comes to those players, uh Valerie Galvin, um she <laughs> Leaving the club after her option was was an exercise. Uh, Kali Farquharson, she she played her games for sure, but she didn't contribute that much. And also, uh, Tierney Wiltshire, um, also a contract expired as well. And and yeah, those type of players, I didn't feel or rather just see like any particular reason to stay. Uh, obviously, they made their own contributions to the team, but. It, it wasn't just enough for to warrant like accent to stay. Yeah, man, we brought in Valerie. She didn't, she get like, she got like 20 minutes playing time. So it didn't work out. Let her go. Farquazan, Cali. I mean, she was here for a minute, but just didn't fit in. Lindsay Harris, obviously you're not going to start. You're not going to play when she did. She, you know, whatever it was two games or whatever. I think it was. Jeremy Wilshire, sorry, girl, I don't even know who you are. So, move on, <laughs> move on. Oh, yeah, and I wanted to get to Lindsay Harris because uh, she's one of the players that I'm I'm gonna miss to an extent. Because yeah. obviously, uh, Lindsay Harris Explain. was one of the players that that pretty much were, were just passionate to be there. And obviously, she she wasn't starting a lot of games, but when she was playing, right. she she played very well, in my opinion. Yeah. But but yeah, explain. Um, no, I mean she 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 played very well. Like in her, well, even though she only got a handful of games, I'm not sure how how competitive she was when it when it came to uh, Jane Campbell, or rather how how established Jane Campbell was as starting spot. But yeah, I I just liked her, and and yeah, it's just unfortunate that that she just didn't renew with the dash. But good luck with whatever is ahead of her. 
I mean, she's got to move on to to find her role because, I mean, Jane Harris has the spot here. So she wants to start somewhere. She's got to move on and try to make that opportunity. So it, you know, it is what it is. That's the industry. Oh, yeah. And one of the signings that definitely I feel like is going to might just hurt the team this season, um, unless one of the new players uh, show up, was definitely Abrevi Sally. She was definitely one of the clutch players that Dash had. And she came up big time in the season as well. And obviously she didn't sign a new contract with Dash. Her contract expired and she, since she decided to move to England uh, with uh, Brighton, the, the women's team there. And, and yeah, we'll miss her. I'll miss her for sure. Uh, she, like I said, she was one of the clutch players and she, she, she meant a lot for the team as well. And hopefully with the players that we're going to talk about, we'll, we'll find her, her, our right re- replacement rather. I was kind of surprised at her move as well, but I can't blame her. She's going to Brighton. She's going to England. So, I mean, what blame is there to make? So, yeah, we got to we got to fill her role and fill that depth for that. And I think I think we've been working on it. So, I credit her for going to England. She hasn't made a start or even an appearance over there, but it's you know she just left over there. So she's got to get into the groove and get into form. And she'll make her move. So I, I, we, sorry, we wish her the luck to at Brighton and Hovian. Yeah, and the last player that has left the team so far, it's uh, Polina Gramaglia, uh, our our young forward. And it's a it's a little bit of a weird situation, but it makes sense as you're listening to uh, Alex Singer's interview with uh, Glenn Davis. It, it, even though her option was picked up in the offseason, Essentially, with like a, a new option in the contract, she she pretty much elected to uh, go somewhere else to play in preparation for the World Cup, and she was loaned to uh, Red Bull Bragantino in Brazil, the women's team, and and yeah, it's just a little a little bit interesting, and obviously you can kind of like see why she she wanted to go to that team. I'm guess I'm guessing she they guarantee her playing time, which will benefit her a lot. Uh, with the World Cup um, just coming in, or rather around the corner, and obviously a lot of competition on the on on the dash with the players that we're going to talk about, and and yeah, it's it, you kind of understand. And after just listening to that interview uh, with Alex Singer, we kind of get that she has to get that playing time uh, to hone her skills, and obviously she has a high ceiling as well. Still, so there's a, a while to go. Dude, I don't blame Polina one bit. I'm I'm actually glad that we uh we we took the the we re we uh, took her option so that we could loan her out so that there's there's the option of coming back. And I was looking forward to her playing this year. Obviously, now she doesn't fit into the situation that we're bringing into this club this season. So I'm I'm hoping she can she can perform out there. And just get the the time to prove it. I mean, uh, I was I was really looking forward to it, and I was surprised last season that all she got was six minutes of time. And I mean, I, I, I seen her in person. The girl is built. She's built. Yeah, I, I look forward to her playing as a as, as a forward or as a or as a wing, whichever whatever she does. I mean, so. That was one of my favorite players who got zero time of playing time. So I'm hoping she can prove what she can do, and maybe she can come back to the dash. If not, 
let's you know let's sell her for some good some good cash and improve the dash as we move forward in this dynasty oh yeah and alex pretty much just said on that same interview that they'll be definitely keeping an eye on her this is definitely not the end for her and and i feel like it is we're gonna see her again if she plays very well with uh, red bull so but yeah it's, it's just a matter of it's just a matter of competition as well but but yeah, it's as long as she plays very well, she's got a shot here. Yeah. Uh, with the competition that we're, we're gonna go through, because th- there's a lot of competition for pair role, <laughs> for sure. And yeah, she had a lot of potential too at the same time. So that's, I mean, I guess that's why we're gonna let her, we're gonna let her go, and maybe we can bring her back at the same time because you're not gonna buy her contract and then loan her out at the same time if you don't have uh, plans for her in the future. So, uh. I look forward to her being back and she'll be somebody here that makes a, makes a, a place for us. And uh, she deserves it. She deserves it. So go, go with it, Paulina. Yeah. We're running for her for sure. And obviously in the world cup, when she gets to the, the world cup squad and we'll get to see I her play at the international stage. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, let's get to, the incoming players because it's massive it's it's big and and obviously we'll we'll, we'll get to that in a bit but essentially we'll we'll, we'll start with Devin Kerr uh the first signing for the dash in the offseason uh our goalkeeper coming into the Washington Spirits she did sign a one-year deal with the dash and this is a little a, a little bit of what we're going to be talking about when it comes to a competition for the starting spot because even though uh, Devin Kerr, she didn't get like a big deal. Obviously, doesn't tell you right away that she's gonna be starting, or rather, she's gonna be like a death piece in the in the goalkeeping core. But she might as well just compete for that spot, and th- there's a good chance she might get it. And well, not not her, but rather like whoever manages to beat out Jane Campbell for for some reason. And it's gonna be exciting, at least in my opinion. Well, I mean. Just off of history, I don't see her beating Jane Campbell out unless she comes out here and just makes noise and just shows Lady who she is. Because, I mean, she's had four appearances in one start for Washington. So, I mean, that's a, th- that's a tough one to say to give Jane Campbell competition. But, you know what, Jane Campbell needs competition just to show that she needs to perform more. So... I'm wishing for it. I'm hoping for it. So let's go, Devin Kerr. Push oh, yeah, Jane and, Campbell to the next limit. And obviously, it's also important to to notice that um, Ella Dedrick, one of the players that's returning from last year, she's still injured, or rather, placed in the injury list for Dash. So it's it's pretty much just going to oh, yeah. be like depending on how Dinon Ross and Vitis do in the preseason. Uh, I I do see Devin Kerr as the um, or rather the second street goalkeeper. And yeah. and yeah, if they go, if they, obviously the competition doesn't go that well, but we'll see how that goes. I just need Jane Campbell to, you know, uh, just to make smarter decisions, smarter decisions, please. I and, couldn't find any comparison. Hey, we're not talking to you right now. I just need Jane <laughs> Campbell. <laughs> just need Jane Campbell to make smarter decisions when it comes down to the the clutch situations and. And then uh, she could be a great, a great goalkeeper, and she'll play for the national team. But right now, 
Jane just makes so many, just, oh, man, I'm not going to get into it. Just so I'm not talking crap about her. <laughs> no, yeah. And, and yeah, we'll, we'll get into that when we talk about the goal. Um, the, like who gets to start in a little bit for like, or rather yeah. our expectations for the season. Right. But yeah, Devin Kerr, our first signing, uh, our second being uh, Ivana Solon, a midfielder uh, coming out of North Carolina Courage as a free agent. She did sign a two-year deal with Dash. And midfielder, uh, when it comes to midfielders, that Dev Shard is pretty deep. And there's a lot to, to discuss, or rather Havana's role in there. Because I, I, it's gonna be pretty tough to start there, or rather, just just be like an impact piece. But uh, obviously, it's, it's good that she joins, and just obviously being a free agent, not a lot of investment there, and it just adds to the pool of mid- talented midfielders that we have already. You know, to her credit, she's a she's a Jamaican national, so she plays for the national team at the same time. So she's getting she's getting good experience, and like you said, she's gonna be a depth piece. She's not going to push for a starting position at least this year, but she could push for it in the future. But we'll see. She's she's working on that experience. No, yeah, and and obviously, just going back to North Carolina Courage, the probably the the, the biggest signing of the dash offseason being Adriana Ordonez that uh, traded yes. uh, to trade to the dash during the uh, NWSL drafts. It was massive. And nobody saw this coming. At Diana Ordonez, a very young player with a lot of upside, and she had like a breakout season with North Carolina, and essentially just earned the eyes of the league. And and yeah, obviously the forward core is probably the best thing that we have, and or at the dash, and and yeah, it's it's just insane how talented the pool is by this point and, and Diana Ordonia is like technically gifted and obviously having that, that chemistry uh with Maria Sanchez obviously with her time in the, in the Mexican national team and and yeah it's it's fantastic honestly. North Carolina was crazy to give her up. To give just to give her up. She was the sixth sixth pick of the draft before and she made twelve appearance, eleven goals. I don't know why they gave her up. I do not know why. I don't care why they gave her up. So it's too late. No take backs. So, uh, you know, I, I, I am really looking for her, looking forward to her being in the starting role, whether it be a right wing or the cam, I'm feeling more the cam, but like you said, we'll get into that later. Diana Ordonez played with Maria Sanchez, Looks to be a, a striker type. Salmon obviously is our striker type at the same time. So Salmon and Ordonez, Ordonez, we're getting some goals. We're getting some goals. Oh, for where sure. We lacked, where we lacked last season. And Alex Singer even said that we're lacking goals. We lack in finishing. So they've been working on that situation this offseason. No, oh, yeah. And we'll, we'll definitely get to how – the Ardonias can be slotted onto the starting eleven, and that's that's and that's in a lot of ways, especially when it comes to uh, rotating uh, for uh, for each game or rather each week. And yeah, it's gonna be fun to see, especially with the goals. Yeah. And after the Ardonias, the Dash did acquire the player rights to uh, Courtney Peterson from or the Orlando Pride, and she today actually signed a contract with the Dash, so she's officially officially now a Dash player. 
But obviously, that's been the case. She since the Dash acquired her affiliate rights, and and now yeah, that's this is a pretty important piece for um, the fullback core, and obviously when it when it comes to just having a fullback available, uh, or rather a right back, it's it's pretty important, and it's gonna be like a pretty important death piece when it comes to the season. A left back. Left back. Left back, and. She was the seventh pick in the first round for Orlando a couple of years ago too. So she's a high, highly talented, no. highly touted or talented or touted whatever player. She's uh, you know, and she got a lot of time with Orlando at the same time. So she's going to come in. She's a she's a huge debt piece, and she's going to back up Chapman. Or or you know what? Like you said, she's going to have to go to the right because Ryan Gary's is on the left. So we'll wait till later. Stay tuned in this show. No, oh, yeah, and I got it wrong. It's actually uh, left back. You're right, and not not that left. Not that you are right or left, but she is a left back. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, and I know right, well, it's it it it's had some importance because we pretty much just have like one true left back before um, um, Peterson came in. Obviously, being chappy, and obviously we need a backup for her. And it's good that we we got we got her as well. We got Ryan Gary's who can play left winger, left midfield, left wing back. So you know we're we're, we're good right there. So and I know who's next. So I'm just gonna take a break and the show's yeah. yours for the next forty <laughs> forty five minutes. Give give me two hours. <laughs> give me two I'll, hours. All I'll right, see, I'll see if I can trim it. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're gonna see hard hard eyes and Foxtrot's eyes right now. <laughs> oh yeah, and and the latest signing from the Dash uh, being uh, Barbara Oliveri from Rayados in Monterrey. Where's she from? Where's she from? Uh, Raja, uh, Mon- uh, Monterrey Rayados. No, no, because no. Where's she from? Oh, 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 oh yeah, she she plays for she is from Katy, but since her no. parents are Venezuelan, she is technically Venezuelan. Ooh, and she there plays, you go. Yeah, yeah. All right, and... I'll let you sip. I'll let you sip out now. Go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah, it's um, I was quite excited for this one. I did. Uh, she was one of the few players that I follow uh, through college. Oh, yeah, I don't really like watch a lot of like uh, women's college soccer, but uh, that that she was one of the players that I heard about, and I got to follow. And obviously, before her move to uh, to Mexico, and uh, it's fantastic. And obviously, uh, being in the right situation because she. Uh, was let go from um, Monterrey for a little bit, and she pretty much just signed like a one-year deal with the Dash, and it just adds that to to that midfielding core, and or rather just switching to like an offensive-minded midfield because uh, it's it's been like an issue when it comes to how they're gonna be handle handling um, a groom as an offensive force, which I don't feel like um, she's gonna be competing that against her and. And yeah, like it's 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 exciting just to see. And obviously, she's she's still very young, and a lot of up, upside, kind of like Dan Ordonez. But obviously, having a focus on on the midfield, which is something the Dash have have been successful for a while now, and just adding to that pool of competition, it's it's just good to see. And I know, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I I kind of repeat a fantastic a lot, but that's the case here because it's it's just good to see. Honestly, just having this pool of talent just coming to the dash. It's, it's, it's just great. 
<laughs> hey, Barbara, Andreas. Barbara Oliveira, yeah. She's available. He's available. <laughs> <laughs> nah, all right. So now I one hundred percent agree with you right there. Like she's gonna be a, an absolute uh, depth piece that's gonna bring a lot of a lot of chemistry to the team, and she fits in one hundred percent. And she's got a lot of talent. And like you said, you've been following her. She's uh, she did she did a and man, just all the pieces we've been adding for the dash. They just they're we're creating a dynasty. I don't I, that's kind of harsh right there, but we are creating a dynasty. The dash are trying to be somebody in WLS and in WSL. And I even tweeted it one time. Watch out, NWSL. The Houston Dash are coming for you. They're coming for you. Uh, Alex Morgan in San Diego. Watch out. Girl. <laughs> we're coming for you. I love you, girl. I love you, but we're coming for you. Watch out. So let's go Dash. Let's go Dash. Man. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I know, yeah, just going through the incoming players. And like I said initially, not a lot of changes here compared to like a team that has to like overhaul everything but right but rather just like the right moves so far or as far as we know because this might be it and also depends on what happens with the the draft picks and the well, speak the of draft picks. speaking of draft picks i've got them right here in front of me yeah, yeah let's, talk let's about go them? through that yeah yeah man so you know what 20th pick midfielder forward sophie hurst from harvard you know, she's an all-Ivy first-team academic all-Ivy, played 17 games in her. She's a fifth-year fifth year senior as well at the same time. Led Harvard to her second straight NCAA tournament bid in the first home game home game since 2014. So she was a crucial piece in, in, in Harvard, Harvard history. So this is a player who knows how to win and actually won. So this is somebody who, I mean, in our depth – We'll figure out where she's at. She's kind of like right there, but you know what? Great piece. Two picks later, Jalissa Harris out of South Carolina. You know who's happy about that? Tell me. Who's happy about that? I would definitely Ryan say, uh, Eddie, yeah, Eddie Rollins. Ryan, no, Ryan Gary's, bro. Ryan Gary's. Oh, is Ryan, more oh happy. yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ryan Gary's. The TikTok uh, I thought you were going to say it wrong. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jalissa Harris, South Carolina, played with Brian Gary's in South Carolina. So, obviously, foreign teammate, all South, all Southeast region first team, all Southeast first team, started 105, 107 games with 16 goals and 11 assists in her career for South Carolina. But she's partnered with Brian Gary's and plays kind of the on the left side. I think she's the left center back as far as the defensive line around Gary's is on the left side wing, obviously, but you know what? They have a career together. So they already, they already have that, that history together, which means, Hey, they can play together. So let's go. You know what? 36 picked overall. We got Lindsay Jennings of LSU hometown girl from Conroe. So she's coming back home, bro. She's coming back home. She's going to be happy when you come home and play for your team, play for your your city. You're going to be super happy. She started twenty to twenty games last season. First team All SC, key key component of the of the back line that advances second round in NCAAs, NCAAs. So she's a crucial piece as well. So she could be a great depth a great depth piece and help our back line because you know everybody returned from our back line 
she's, we, you know, we need backup and just people that can help out because we got the, that, that uh, whatever that tournament's called. I forget what the name of that damn tournament is that we're going to play during the middle of the season right now. But uh, the challenge and cup. then, yeah, the challenge cup. Yeah, the challenge cup. So, I mean, we've got the 22 games during the, during the season plus the six games in the challenge cup. And if we advance, which we need to advance this year, we have the pieces, we have the depth. We, we got to keep on going. And then with the last pick of the draft, we're not going to call her Miss Irrelevant. We're going to call her Madeline Desanio of UCLA. And we're not going to call her Miss Irrelevant because what does she do? She's a national champion. They won the title. And she started 23 or 25 of those games that played for the national championship, played every minute in the final against UNC, which is huge. When you play every minute against UNC, which UNC, everybody knows for the women, that's 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 the best team in the world for for women college soccer. And and you know, she was involved in 14, 14 shutouts for the team. So another huge depth piece. So I think Alex Singer. This was before Lady. Alex Singer, she did her homework. She did her work. She's she's building. She's building a winning team. And I approve of all these draft picks. And some of those draft picks we had to trade and make some more gams to improve those draft picks. But man, those are some great draft picks right there. Great draft picks. After going last season, all we did was uh uh Gary's this year we went with four picks, and they felt like those four picks were something special, and I, I believe it too. Some special depth. So let's go. Those are the picks. Andreas. Oh yeah, and and I, it's a good list for sure. And one of the list, one more thing that I did notice is from from rather the preseason roster, or just heading into camp, is just that um, we have like fourteen players that that are like in total. That are just defensive players that are being bring in uh, to preseason camp. Obviously, not everyone's gonna be ending up with the first team, but I wanted to bring that up because we have like a lot, a lot of non-roster invites as well as draft picks that 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 should take a look at, which is pretty important because uh, I feel like defensively, it the dash that's pretty much like the most important area that I have to have to focus on. And I know yeah, it's good to see that the dash have been like investing a lot of resources, especially when it comes to picking uh picking the drafts uh just having like a, lo- a lot of a lot of belief for certain players which we see here already when it came to Ma- madeline desiano Julissa harris and lindsey jennings and we'll, we'll see how that goes because I, I like to i like to see how to do or, or also pretty much how they how they roll with the dash if we get to see them and i just wish them the best of luck and hopefully we get to see them 100 percent agree with you yeah, and, and obviously we got the the other uh like the preseason roster, like 41, 41 players in total being involved there. Obviously it's gonna get trimmed down be, because we do have like the twenty three players returning from last year and and being that being twenty eight with the new signings and it might just it's it's gonna get trimmed down after forty one for sure. But yeah, it's um I'm looking forward to that to see just seeing the competition. Uh, which we will definitely get to talk about right now because there's a couple of things we can talk about and also which definitely depends on how Sam Lady chooses to uh, go or just to, to start things off with the with the lineup that we have 
And I don't, yeah, it's, it's just good to see the amount of competition, which I've been highlighting for a while now. But we can definitely start with the goalkeeping core at first to see who gets to start. And and like I said initially, I think uh, Jane Campbell is going to end up starting uh, how things stand. But like if depending on the competition, if it, if it ever ramps up uh, at any time during the season, um, I think there's a, a, a chance she loses a starting spot. And just coming off last year, there's um, the, the players off the bench can definitely make a case against her. No, I agree with that. I mean, Campbell's going to – I mean, Campbell has to mess up to lose that position. So, I mean, Kerr coming in, they brought her in for a reason. They let the other girl go. Um, uh, Harris, they let Harris go. So, I mean, it's up to Campbell. It's it's definitely up to Campbell. So, that's up for grabs. So, Campbell needs to perform, and she don't need to make those uh, those tactical mistakes that she makes sometimes like she did in the playoff game. I said it. I guess I did. Damn it. No, yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, it, it was disappointing, but it's. it, it, was, it, it wasn't really just that specific re- game, but rather a, a few instances during the season. And Correct. That, Correct. that was seen. And that's part of the reason why I think the season in particular was pretty, uh, was pretty bad on uh, a, ba- a pretty bad look for her, I like to say. But, but yeah, I just hope the competition pushes her to improve past that, which I think she can for sure. And we just see how, how that goes. Let's go. They have a chance. Let's go. But yeah. Defensively speaking, like I said, I think this is the area that Dash have to improve a lot this season. And obviously, they they got the players, the pieces to do that. And it's going to come down to consistency and pretty much just how they they rotate over the course of the season because it's going to be a lot of games and everyone just has to be on the same page uh, at, at the end of the day. So uh, thankfully, I feel like they, the Dash got the, the right pieces and depending on how, how it goes with the draft picks and how they choose to approach the season, I feel like they got a good shot to to improve. And and obviously, um, uh, Katie, um, or, or rather just like, the center backs in general, I feel like this is like the, the we got a, a pretty good, good solid pairing here, and we can just start start off that. Right, nobody's beating Price Sock and the new name Lind. Nobody, nobody's beating those two out. No, yeah, for uh, sure. And L- Lind used yeah. to Lind used to be what Naughton. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, just shout out to her husband now husband. Uh, hashtag fiance. He he showed up to a pregame last year when we were we were partying at Pitch Twenty Five, and he he came out and he saw us and represented with the surge and and showed out. And, uh, you know he's uh he he's right there with her, and you know she's a she's a badass on the back line. Her and Price Sock, Price Sock's going to be on the left. Lynn, formerly known as Naughton, will be on the right, and. That nothing's getting past those two. Nothing's getting past those two. So we we got our left back and our right back. That's going to be a little bit of a question mark at, at as we talk about this. But you know, don't don't worry about those left and center right backs. They're good. No, oh, yeah, and obviously for me, the fullbacks, uh, Chappie and Caprice Dasco, they're pretty much the starters, left and right. That's and, true too. No, oh, yeah, and and definitely when it comes to the center backs. 
um, definitely Annika Creel, formerly Annika Schmidt, um, and also Julia Ashley. That they're gonna have to work for the starting spot, but they're 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 gonna have their shot for sure when it comes to whenever they end up rotating. So it's gonna be good. And we also discussed a little bit about Courtney Peterson uh, coming in uh, to essentially just be the backup for Chappie. It's going to be a long season, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but it's going to be tough beating Chappie. And same goes to Caprice Dasco. And, and yeah, how... And also how... Mm, forgot her name for a second, but essentially uh, Jacobs, how she does there as well. You know, Jacobs will... I think Jacobs will back up that Dasco on the right side this time. Jacobs, I think, played on the left last season. But you you have Chapman on the left, and you have Ryan Garys who can is is Miss versatile, Miss versatile, who's gonna obviously you're not gonna start her over Bombi, yeah, and you're not gonna start her in the midfield. I mean, I mean, where where do you start Ryan Garys? Ryan Garys is one of those intriguing players who has come in here and just made her name for herself, not just because. Uh, just just want to mention that just she's done a great job she's done a great job so uh you know chapman's gonna have to work her butt off to keep her position but at the same time she's gonna share that position with gary's because we're gonna be an attacking team i don't know lady what lady's gonna do but just watching what ol rain did you you can see the dash are gonna attack so chapman's gonna be the left back ryan gary's will be that left back at the same time ryan gary's will come in for uh for, for Bombi, if if Gary's doesn't get to start when Bombi gets tired out, so I mean the the left side is the left side is solid because you got you got Schmidt on the left or Vigiano. I'm, I'm not sure which one starts on the left or the right in the midfield, but I mean the the the, the all the positions are friggin' solid, friggin' solid. The death pieces are the ones that are gonna have to fight for those. Those game time, that game time, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun this season. You know, uh, Peterson, I'm hoping she gets a couple minutes here and there just to show what she can do. And we'll see if she can get more minutes. But right now, like you said, Chappie's going to start. Gary's is going to back her up. And then Peterson will come in and, and fill, a little, fill a little bit of that role. Oh, yeah. And. One of the the things that I feel like is going to be tricky to figure out heading into the season is how uh, the midfield side of things is going to be structured like, and and obviously the amount of competition that's going to be there in the first place. And definitely, we're we're definitely going to have like enough pieces for to rotate, which is going to be good. But rather, how who is going to be starting and how it's going to be structured, like it remains to be seen, at least for me. And but, what position they're going to play in, too, at the same time. Pretty much, yeah. And, and yeah, obviously, it's it's going to depend a lot. But, obviously, we got, like, if, if we just, like, rather just sitting back or, or rather just, like, look something similar to what we did last year, obviously, Sophie Schmidt and Marissa Vigiano, they're going to be big pieces as well. And uh, the only tricky part would definitely just be Shea Groom and how she is applied. And obviously, with the the town that we have already at this point, uh, we can definitely sw- switch those pieces around. And and obviously, with uh, Barbara Olivieri being in the in the in the picture now, and and just 
assuming that it's gonna be like more offensive pieces uh added it really depends like i like to see it first but but yeah it's just for me there's like a lot a lot of variables to consider it is very interesting very very interesting to what lady's gonna what he's gonna the the first game what's his starting lineup gonna be very interesting and a lot of people can that follow the dash can argue about it we might get into an argument here tonight about it because uh you know i think ordonez is going to be that cam position where broom is gonna broom is is not gonna start but ordonez is gonna start somebody else is gonna start on that right wing but you know it all depends on what lady wants to do is he gonna be a 4-4-3 i mean a a 4-3-3 or a 4-4-2 what's he gonna do we don't know yet yeah and I also bring up the barrels because obviously we still have Amaka Michael Maris Stevens injured as well as Kelsey Hedge. So there's, yeah. there's, there's still a lot to consider. And obviously yeah. there are pieces brought in to essentially cover for them, but eventually they're expected to recover and compete for the spots again. So like it's it's just a little bit tricky for me. And and yeah, I, I just like to see how it turns out early on in the season just to see how I can set my expectations correctly. But, but yeah, I just know for a fact that it's going to be like competition there and it's gonna be intense you know speaking of shade groom uh her name wasn't mentioned today i i, I listened to the sarah loudon interview on building champions radio and she talked about what's it like being a coach and what's it like being when a player comes up to you and is like hey why didn't i why didn't i start today why am i not playing no more and she goes i'm not gonna name a name and she goes, I'm just going to call this person John. Uh, just, I immediately thought of Shea Groom because who else are we talking about from last season in the starting positions? It was Shea Groom who started the first half of the season, did not start the second half of the season. It only came off the bench in the last 10 minutes of the game. You know, just the way she was talking about it, it was like, hey, that was just the way the coach the coach likes other people right now. You know, just when you get the opportunity, go prove yourself and just prove the coach. Just prove the coach that you're the person that belongs there. And so uh, we 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 do all love shape room, but right now she's the one who's got a, a lot to prove. But uh, she's got a new coach in her hands. So I mean, is she the girl? Can she be the girl? Can Adonis be the girl? Can Adonis play on the right side? Uh, Adonis gave an interview and says, "I'm a striker." striker type mentality uh, player, which means you play striker or you play that uh, central attacking midfielder where you can back up Salmon. Uh, where does Adonius fit? Where does a groom fit if Adonius is that central attacking midfielder? So, uh, you know, <laughs> Lady's got a lot, <laughs> a lot of figuring out to do, which uh, we trust him just from his, what he did in OL Reign. So, I'm really interested to what that first day starting eleven is going to look like. Really interested. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, with that, we're going to go ahead and move to the forwards because obviously, this is the most exciting part of the team. And uh, on paper, at goals. least, and goals. I will see goals win your games, and we saw a lot of those last year. And I will see adding um, the Ardonias to the fold, and and honestly. Just looking back at this team last year, like it, it was incredible, and and yeah, it's things have gotten way spicier now, and mm. of course, as you're starting on the left side, 
Bombi's a starter, no no doubt, no question. It's just a matter of of Joe Anderson or Ryan Garris is stepping up or just rather having like a different role. Uh, like I said, it really depends on how um, Sam Lee rolls out, but they're going to have a hard time beating her t- starting spot, assuming that we have a dedicated left wing. Not even a question. Bombi starter, period. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> yeah, right wing is is when it gets very tricky because obviously the Amazon just just came in, and Michelle Prince having like a breakout season. Uh, she's injured, so and and obviously she she might not be in the picture like early in the season, but obviously later on she will. And Michelle Lucy also having a pretty good season with Dash, and she's going to be competing against Ordonez for a starting spot and. Obviously, when it comes to having the established players starting, it's that's a good call. But obviously, when it comes to Diana Ordonez, she's going to battle for that spot right away, and it's gonna it's gonna come down to Michelle just stepping up to that and just proving herself. And it's gonna be tough because it's it's like I said, Michelle Prince. She she's out of the picture for now, which opens up things, at least in my opinion. And yeah, and yeah it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see, at least for me. Well, and then what do you do with Michelle Bam? I mean, because at the same time, Ordonez can back up Salmon. So does can yeah. a Bam can a Bam play the right side? And and let me for throw sure. this out there: MLS, we throw we throw wingers on the inverted side. Why can't Ryan Garys play the right wing? And shoot with it's, that left it's foot. Part of it. Yeah. So, I mean, options are there. Sam Lady has a lot of work to do because he has a lot of options and a lot of players to work with, which is which makes us even more interesting. Which also makes your job a lot harder. So, what do you do? Yep. <laughs> what do you do, bro? And so, hard for us though because we're trying to figure out stuff. But yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, but that's for those of y'all are listening. You you gotta appreciate the players that we have and the players that we mentioned and like you you know if somebody does go down you have somebody to back them up and that's what makes this team special this year and not not this special last year making history making the playoffs selling out that friggin' playoff game just this this is gonna be a special year we have the players we have the depth we have the coach we have the talent we have the we have the staff. We have the uh, from top to bottom, from Jessica O'Neill to Alex Singer to to Sam Lady to Sarah Loudon to uh, 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 Larson to, to the goalkeeper coach Matt Mar- Matt Mar- Matt Lamson, Larson yeah. Lamson sorry Lamson. Matt Lamson sorry Matt yep. Lamson to just just yeah. to the to the draft picks we made four draft picks we're like we're building. We're building a team. We're building a team. And yeah, for all and, you freaking haters, suck it. <laughs> yeah, and and you threw like a pretty big heavy word, uh, which is dynasty. And obviously that's something that's pretty difficult to figure out early on. But And obviously right. that's something I mean, that, that teams that teams strive for, which is also like, at least when setting up goals, it's, it's good to think about. But yeah, it, but it, it kind of feels like that, honestly, because we, we talk about we talked early about the dash setting up things to go in that specific direction. 
and they, they can they, they can make it happen for sure but like i said it's just a matter of time and results and just just sticking to those goals no i mean like i mean the nwsl has 12 teams in it right now so when i say dynasty i mean i know that's a big word like you said and i'm, I'm, I'm throwing out a big word but what we're building right now for the for a 12 team league is 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 huge and i know other teams are doing what they can do to to build their stuffs juan, juan carlos he hasn't done nothing in new york so he's gonna get his he's gonna get his butt kicked when we play them so good choice bro i mean but, oh, yeah i mean and the least the least still growing and the league's still building but you know go ahead go ahead oh, yeah and i guess before we get to how we think or our, our early expectations for the season we can obviously uh, finish out the our 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 like say starting eleven with a striker uh, with strike force up top or or as we assume how it's gonna be the nine and obviously Ebony Salmon no question about it and it's right. <laughs> correct correct Salmon's the starter yeah. yeah yeah and but obviously like you said there's definitely a lot of pieces to move uh, if if that's the case for Sam Lady and. And yeah, uh, Michaela Avon and obviously um, uh, Cameron Tucker coming in. There's just a lot to look forward to, pretty much. <laughs> so that that that's your starting eleven. The only problem I have with is the right wing. I think that'll change. Yeah, I th- I think Odonias is your cam, and your white wing might be a Lozy, might be a Bam as well. We'll see. And also, yeah, and also assuming that that the midfield stays like that. It it might just be that honestly, but I, I, like I said, it's it it's very early, so we'll see how that goes and what Sam Lady chooses to do. Vigiano and Smith not giving up their positions. That <laughs> I'm just kidding. like like I mean I mean you got it left back. Well, I mean back for Campbell the keeper left back Chapman. You got you got Lind the new Lind and Price Scott. Price Scott being Price Scott being the left and Lynn being the right and then Didesco being on the right, Viciano and Schmidt being the two, we'll call them the two sixes. Uh, Ordonez being the nine actually. That's 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 my prediction. We'll see if you got something different. And my right my right wing. That's where my big question mark is. Who's going to play there? I mean, if Ordonez can start there and Groom starts at center at, at, at the at the cam. Um, I'm fine with that at the same time, but I don't think that's what it's going to be. And Sanchez, obviously, on the left, and Salmon at the top. And I, I, I really want, for what I see from Madonias, I really want Salmon to be at the top and Adonis to be right behind her, just the way they play together. Salmon's going to be able to finish. Ordonez will be able to. Ordonez will be able to back her up and just finish what she can't. Fit, what Salmon can't finish, and I'm not worried about the right wing. The right wing will will happen. That's that's my starting eleven. So right wings up for grabs, goes guys or girls, whichever one you are listening to the show tonight. No, yeah, and at least for me, it's pretty much that when it comes to uh, the back line and and the line up top, but. Like I said, it's it's just a matter of how the midfield is structured under Sam Lady, and assuming that that it might stay out a little bit like last year, I can definitely just see like the line of um, uh, Schmidt, Grimm, and Vigiano, like we said. But 
but yeah, it's. I feel like it's too early, and right. there might be a lot, a lot of surprises waiting for us when we start the season. We don't start till March twenty fifth. So yeah, it's gonna be a while, and preseason for them is pretty much just started. But it's just a matter of time until they get their scrimmages in. And I guess early on, what I can say for sure is, and I said it early in the episode, like it is gonna be the season that, or rather, just a season of consistency when it comes to having those results and just stepping up to a historic season for the dash. It's important to just set that standard already. And we've been singing off the pitch, but on the pitch is more of a different story because historically the dash have been pretty inconsistent. And when it comes to like results, uh, but obviously there's um positive way of doing things now. Thanks to last year and just coming off that year. What are you going to bring up to the table in the sense of, what are we going to bring from last year to this year that is not going to be like the previous years, you know, like ups and downs. It's just going to be a straight line of consistency. Obviously, it's it's pretty difficult to string, obviously, um, consistent wins on a weekly basis. But you just got to put up the product and eventually the players are going to show up. And I'm, I'm excited to see that because this time around, I feel like the dash can, can get there or just have that same level that they had last year or better. And they have the pace to do that. And we just, we just talked about it. Yeah, I agree. The, I mean, the, the difference between last year and this year is the depth. We have the depth to back up our players, which means everybody don't have to play 90 minutes no more, which is, which is great. If you don't have depth, you can't perform every single game. We have the, the, the challenge cup, 22 games for the season, then the playoffs. So, we have the depth finally, and uh, uh, we're starting. We were, we are believing in this team. Not starting to believe in this team. We believed in them last year and just kind of, kind of went downhill at the end. But we believe in this team, and uh, I'm right there with you, bro. We, uh, <laughs> this is an exciting year for the Dash, and we we expect really good things from them. Oh yeah, and. And before we close this episode, we can just go ahead and get to the uh, questions that were brought from Twitter. And and yeah, I feel like it, I feel like we covered a lot already, but we should answer those questions while we're at it. We should, we should, right? Yeah. You want me to? You want me to read it? You're gonna read it. Oh, you can read the questions. All right. Well, it it comes from our. Our Surge representative. What's up, Surge? How y'all doing if you're listening to the show? But Hattie, Hattie, what's up, bro? I love you, man. So his first, actually, he had a couple questions, man. So, well, actually, I think he had more than a couple questions because he had question after question after question. But we'll, we'll just start with this and then let you answer and then we'll move on. Thoughts on the schedule? I feel like that our schedule... Uh, compared to other teams, it's pretty weird. And also, we have like that stretch of games where we have like a bunch of, of home games, or rather, not like a lot of consistent home games, but rather um, a couple away games uh, trickle down there uh, in a couple of spaces. But we have that that specific month when we don't have any home games, that being in September. And and yeah, I feel like this might be just like, like a test of endurance for the Dash in the sense that. Um, Last year, obviously, we know that they they can be they can be a threat on the road, but obviously, it's just a matter of consistency and and obviously, 
uh, while we're at that, and our uh, home games are gonna be extremely important for the Dash. And and like I just wanted to see them like step up to those home games because like that's that's something that had, had been killing the Dash last year and something that I had to uh, address early on the season. And you know, one thing that he mentions in the schedule is like uh, this year that's different from from previous years is the the Challenge Cup. The Challenge Cup isn't at the beginning of the season like a like an exit ex like a preseason cup. It's going to be actually played like Champions League. It's going to be played throughout the middle of the season and end toward the end of the season. So that's that's another that's another bonus. I mean, we got a game in true in in April in May. And we have like three games in July and uh, August. I forget where the the sixth one is right there, but so they're spreading those out. So you're you're playing a tournament in the middle of your season, which which is great. So you're not like you're not stuck just playing a tournament where you're ruining your players right off at the beginning. And but I mean, there's some of those games where you're playing on a Friday night in Houston when the Dynamo play on Saturday night. So you're you're not getting a double header, but you are kind of getting a double header. You have a Saturday, Sunday night, so uh, you know it. It is a weird schedule, but you know they they did what they could do with it. They end on uh, October fifteenth, which is one week before the the Dynamo end. As a matter of fact, so it's a it's a pretty long season at the same time. They got some buys in there, but it it'll be fun, you know. So. Second question is breakdown of the Challenge Cup matches. So he wants to know about the breakdown of the Challenge Cup, the Challenge Cup matches. We got Kansas City, Chicago, OL, Rain, Kansas City, uh, Louisville, and Chicago. Do we have OL Rain? Like I said, I'm missing that six game somewhere in there in that schedule. But, you know, breakdown of the Challenge Cup schedule. What do you think? Honestly, it's. I feel like it's it's gonna be a tough test for us, and and only saying that because it's gonna come down to. Obviously, when you have like a schedule of several games, it's gonna come down to rotation and the dash player stepping up. And I feel like regardless of the opponent, I feel it's gonna. It, that's how it's gonna come down to how how they perform like cohesively and pretty much as a unit, um, just right away because even though. You may not have been in like in the same starting eleven for a while, and just ha- adding those pieces together, like it's gonna come come up to consistency. Just going back to that, because that's gonna be the theme of the season. And and something else that I also like to to mention about the schedule is, I obviously the break during the World Cup is big, and the Dash are not gonna be playing any games in in between unless one of the players like goes to the final, which we'll see how that goes. But but yeah, it's 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 big that at least. We have, they have that going, but I feel like the Challenge Cup is going to bring in a certain challenge to on, how teams approach to things. But yeah, hold on, the World Cup. We don't have a break yeah. in the season. We're losing players during the World Cup. Oh yeah, but the World the Cup de- starts on the the World Cup starts in on July twentieth and ends on August twentieth. So there's there's like a, a break past. No, we have the, a game. We have the the Challenge Cup from July twenty second, twenty ninth, and April uh, August fifth. Three games in a row. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the Challenge yeah. Cup. Yeah, I, I yeah. Was, I, I was focused on, on the season for sure, but oh yeah, I see. Yeah, it goes back back to what I said about having that that rotation ready because the Dutch are going to be playing games during the Challenge Cup, and 
I've, it so, also comes down to the yeah. What I was gonna say. Yeah, so even even bigger, the depth really comes into play right then because, I mean, I don't know if if Mexico is going to be in with Bombi and some of those other players, but yeah, you, we we have three games in a row for the Challenge Cup at on July twenty second at Kansas City, July 29th, Louisville comes here, uh, August fifth at Chicago, three games in a row while we're at the World while the women are at the World Cup playing their games and you know. Uh, so depth is going to be huge because you're you're going to be missing some some major players right there, and those are the last three games in the in the tournament in the group stage to to even make it out. So, I mean, do we have a chance? Can we do it? So, you know that that kind of leads into the next question that he asks: Should the current depth be good enough to take us on two trophy runs? Or is there another, or is there other positions we need to consider in the transfer market? Man, I feel like at this point in the transfer market, I feel like we have like the right pieces, but I would say two trophy runs is insane, and <laughs> yeah, especially with this type of schedule and how the Challenge Cup operates, and it, it's it's just a big ask honestly. But I feel like that should address um, their core issues. And brought in the right talent, but it's I'm gonna say it again, but it's pretty much the se- the season of consistency and how each player steps up to that to that challenge to to play as a cohesive unit because it's it's gonna get proven this season how the dash approach the challenge cup and and yeah, it's good that you caught me on that because I, I was looking at, at initially I, I was focused initially on the rugby season schedule, but then the challenge cup. It's going to be an actual challenge because it's going to yes. be happening in the middle. In the middle, it's it's actually a challenge, which is good. But essentially, right. it's going to be in the middle of the World Cup cycle, which obviously it's going to be a some teams have to pretty much take seriously because either they can just like skip it or you, and just focus on the regular season when the players come back, or actually take it seriously and have a legitimate run at things. But I feel like it's up to each team, and I feel like the dash can take things seriously well and, and even in that world cup we have two games on the road and one game at home which is which is crazy so the the depth's going to make it a lot of sense and then our rival kansas city you know you got the one girl who likes to, to shake oh no score. <laughs> 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 yeah and then then and then they added dabinia they added dabinia in the off season so yep. our biggest rival kansas city kansas city we i mean they're, they're, Kansas City is going to be huge this, this season as well. So that's there's going to be a lot to a lot to play for right there, man. And that's that's going to be huge. Our death pieces are definitely going to have to step it up. But you know, uh, Davinia and Twerker is going to be probably with their national teams at the same time. So you know, at the same time though, he he had another question, uh, Hattie. H Town Hattie for the hashtag or at the at mark for your Twitter guys if y'all want to follow him. Also, Sam Lady thoughts on how culture and squad changes will occur or follow. Oh, yeah, and it's um important question, and we we pretty much been talking about it when it, we came to bringing in the right personnel to the not only the club staff or rather front office, and and obviously goes back to what we have. Have said a handful of times already with Tetsigol, that being bringing in 
that culture of of like just right beginnings and just at the right timing itself because we have the dash now on the right track coming off a great great season last year which is like just like a great great first step to establish like a, the right culture and obviously it's kind of big when it comes to bringing in a, a new head coach that is well respected that essentially knows how to how to have the team on the right track or just have it the consistency there which I assume that's going to be the case with Time Lady because obviously him being brought over with all that experience uh, accumulated over time in, in, in the NWSL and just coming into an organization that uh, it's, it's taking things to the next level as we've seen already. It's pretty important. And I feel like just establishing that culture right away, it's it's good. Obviously, we have to see it under Sam Lady, but it's just in the right direction overall based on what we've seen so far. No, I agree, man. Ten years in Ola Reign with the two coaches that he that he's he's learned under, uh, the respect from the players, the respect from the league, respect from the staff. I I I one hundred percent agree with you. Uh, we just need to see how it translates here in Houston. But we are looking for sure. We are looking forward to it. There was one yeah. other one other last question, man. One other bad guy, Chris, or whatever name you um, want to the main character, yeah. Yeah, the main character, Chris, or whatever name you want to call him. I, I got a lot of names for him. You know, you know who it is. He, he, he just, just a fun, just a fun question. He, he wants to know where we're gonna live when we move to Houston. He didn't say hey, together. Man. He didn't say together. He just said when we move to Houston, where do you, where are you gonna live? <laughs> Unrealistically, um, East downtown Edo for sure. <laughs> Obviously. But so we might be roommates. We might be roommates. For sure. <laughs> I mean, apartment mates, not roommates. Apartment mates, yes. Keep your, yeah, yeah. You get your own bed, bro. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. So, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. For 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 real. So, bad we are, Chris. You're not welcome over. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, re- realistically speaking, um, Katie Catizuela, as we call it now, uh, the wrestling community that lives in Katie. I uh, feel like that's. That would be my best spot for me, unless I find a better place. But, but yeah, it's is it the way I see it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. Realistically, you know, like I would, I would love to live on Edo as well. At the same time, be right there next to the stadium. Just kind of walk out the stadium, ride the train if I need to ride the train, or or walk to the stadium, and then I'm right there and just just enjoy myself. I'm I'm single. I have no kids, so I don't have no attachments. I'm, I mean leave my car at the freaking apartment and or the condo and just just go but if i realistically might have to live outside the loop just uh, just uh hurry up and get there and just keep it at a, at a, a cheap state just to be where i want to be uh i want to be home uh, i love houston i've always loved houston i've missed it i've missed it since the day i left in 1990 friggin four i'm ready to go home and i want to be home as soon as possible and whatever i can do to get there i'm i'm going home man i'm going home and i'm, I'm hopefully sooner than later uh my my plan is january of 24 so we'll see we'll see but i'm trying to go home i i want to be home i hate it here in this friggin place i live in i friggin hate it here <laughs> and and now that these people are that are all around me i i, I hate them as well <laughs> those, those those boogers those boogers we'll call them <laughs> no yeah um, anything else you want to say before we close out 
Nah, man. It's the same thing as always, man. Hey, follow us on Twitter at Noodle Tempio, at Dynamic Foxtrot. Uh, man, we love y'all. You know, follow us, support us. You know, everybody else that's in the industry, you know, uh, got Bio City now, who is no longer uh, Dynamo Theory. You know, you got you got the rest of the guys, Generation Orange and all those other guys. Just, you know, we're, we're all on the same page. We're all on the same boat. We're all trying to report. We're all trying to take care of each other. And we're all just having fun at the same time. We're, we're all forever orange. You know, just right here, like the two stars says for the Dynamo. And the, the Dash are going to get a star here shortly. But otherwise, man, just hey, uh, just let us know what's up, man. We, uh, please uh, follow, support, rate, show us your love. You got questions, hit us up. Dynamic Foxtrot will always answer. I always answer. So, you know, that's how we are, man. We appreciate y'all and Forever Orange. H is up. Yeah, yeah. Then it all.